This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. I don't know, Heidi, I love our new title. Maybe we should start calling ourselves Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. This is the Grief Recovery Doctors, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, we could do that. That sounds good. I have to think about it. (laughs) You may hear (laughs) us doing this on the next show, or you may not. you're putting me on the spot a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I was just telling uh, my engineer, Paul, here about uh, calling ourselves the grief recovery doctors, and he thought it was kind of cool. And then I was telling him that at one point your father was a doctor of hamburgerology. Years ago, he went to... I, I remember this. How funny. <laughs> he went to McDonald's school and uh, became a doctor of hamburgerology and had a big diploma when he got back. I'm <laughs> from a business trip. That's a riot. It was funny. Well, what a great show we have today because we met Michael Nunley at uh, the uh, regional conference in Frankfort, Kentucky. Was that a great conference or what? It was, and I have never, ever had that kind of Southern hospitality in my entire life. It was unbelievable. I mean, people were there to greet us and pick us up from the airport and drive us, you know, drive us to the hotel, and then there were people standing in front of the hotel waiting for us so that they could take our bags up for us. I mean, it was amazing, and it was really interesting walking around Frankfurt because we realized that every time you see someone, you say, hey, even if you've never met them before. (laughs) In in New York, if you say, hey, someone looks at you like, what do you want? You're going to mug me? I mean, but it was really, really neat, and everybody was super friendly, and and Dusty yeah, Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes was the head of the uh, regional program down there. What a wonderful man! It is, and Dusty Rhodes is really his name. It's not his stage name. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very cool. And we met Michael and his lovely wife, and they couldn't have been nicer. Um, so that was a real treat to to meet one of our guests. Yep. And and Michael closed uh, the show, the uh, conference uh, with the. A song he wrote for the Compassionate Friends, Candle Lighting. We'll be talking about that today. And oh, that was so inspiring. And what a wonderful way to close the conference with a song that he'd written uh, specifically for the Compassionate Friends. Really neat. So, Michael Nunley, I want to tell you a little something about him. His father was diagnosed uh, with terminal cancer. Uh, and he's, Michael says it was like losing an anchor for the family. Mike, uh, he can talk about his dad a little bit. He was a military guy. And he had terminal cancer. And while he was ill, and home with uh, Michael's mother, and she was, you know, an exhausted caregiver. Um, they Michael received a phone call, and it was that his younger sister, Cindy, had taken her own life, and Michael had to share that with his family. Can you imagine that, Hyde? No, that must have been extremely, extremely tough for him. And like you said, just to have the fact, the fact that his sister had died, and then after that, his father, I mean, to lose two family members in a short period must have just been absolutely devastating. Yep, and we're going to talk to Michael right now about what music has meant to him, and we're going to play some of his fabulous music. And Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is truly a pleasure to be here, and it was just wonderful meeting you both. Um, if I may, um, my first impression of the two of you was this solid, sincere compassion and uh and then humming right beneath this wonderful warm energy to just get things 
done and make it better for everybody around you. And I can't think of anything more attractive. It was just wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you you so much, Michael. Round one. I was impressed. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michael, I know you moved all over the world as a kid, right, with your dad? He was uh, in the military? Yes, we did. Um, Less so with me um, than my uh, two older sisters who... uh, really had the two years move, two years move kind of life. Uh, I, we, we settled for about four in a couple of places in Ohio and in Utah, but uh, I was born in the Philippines and then uh, to Japan and then Florida and then Tennessee and Georgia and Ohio and Utah and back to Tennessee and round and round. Mm-hmm. And you're back in Tennessee now? Uh, yes, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working in Tennessee, but, but uh, happily I met and married a wonderful woman eight months ago. And, uh-huh. um, and we have a home here in Frankfurt, right here where that conference was. And uh, I'm working on getting a full-time paycheck here on this side of the Kentucky line. But at the moment, I'm moving back and forth. All right. Three days in Tennessee and the rest of the week here in my old Kentucky home. I... My new Kentucky home. <laughs> Frankfurt's amazing. Folks out there, what's the capital of Kentucky? Yeah, I would be Frankfurt. And so <laughs> few people realize that. I know. And, then it's, and where is that? <laughs> Oh, it's a wonderful place. Well, talk to us about your music, and wow, uh, you had some sadness in your life. I did, and and you're right. Music has been uh, many things for me. Uh, a door opener, certainly. Um, a, uh, a, a, a hobby and vocation. Um, a way to express what I want to give and what I want to give away. Um, I'm sure you've often heard that why do you sing the blues thing, well, you know, to get rid of what made you want to sing them in the first place. But mm-hmm. um, music for me is a joy, and it's, it's, uh, it's not something I can get rid of. It's, it's hardwired into my soul. So it's a permanent condition <laughs> uh, as much as it is a talent. Um, and, and yes, especially in this, this latest few projects, uh, I've turned to it for a great deal of healing, and it would certainly make me a very happy man to think that uh, some of what I experience producing it can be given away to someone else oh, on their journey. Yeah. Now tell us a little bit about Cindy. Uh, how long ago is it since she took her life? That's about a decade. Uh-huh. And uh, un- unlike many of the bereaved, I don't hold on to dates. And I think that might be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, my siblings and family members might say, you always forget our birthday. Well, I don't remember <laughs> any dates until it's just about there. <laughs> But, mm-hmm. but uh, we're 11 years out from my, the death of my father and uh, my, my sister, Cindy. Cindy was a remarkable woman. She uh, was uh, extraordinarily gifted and talented in her own right. She was a very gifted graphic artist, a painter, and, uh, uh, and she loved music dearly, too. In fact, she really would have preferred a career in music, uh, even though that wasn't her greatest strength. But a people person, uh, a complete mess many ways, but the kind of lovable mess that you absolutely could not just fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody that met Cindy was changed by her, smiled, laughed, and loved her. Uh, um, uh, she really was uh, something different, something wow. truly different. Well, and, and how many months apart did your father and Cindy die? It sounds like they died fairly close together. Close. Four or five months. Uh, my father, wow. a very strong man in every sense of the word, um, pushed that envelope for the the survival statistics with a glioblastoma. They say uh, only about 2% or so make it out a year or more after diagnosis, even if it's very early. And I think my father went about 14 months. Um, uh, um, of course, thinned down and, and uh, lost the use of an eye and 
eventually couldn't stand, but but um, fought it pretty well, uh, long enough to make sure everything was okay and we knew what was going on. And um, but uh, in the in the last three or four months, um, my sister reached her max limit for life, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that was, as you have surmised, incredibly tragic. What an awful moment! Truly, the worst mm-hmm. moment of my life to be there in the house with my mother and father and to get that phone call and have to walk back in and look at my father with an eye patch on one eye and mm. his little elevator chair and my mother running frantically around from room to room trying to decide what's a good thing to do and, and when to just pass out I guess and say mm-hmm. I'm really sorry you know, if that was about Cindy um, mm-hmm. it was however a moment of uh, reaching for something greater than myself Mm, you know, that might be a good way to talk about Rescue Me. You wanted to talk about that a little bit and writing it? Because it sounds like that you know mm-hmm. how to g- do that through music. I would be happy to. And, and yes, that's, uh, that's as I said, music is a place where I express what I have learned and what I need to learn. And occasionally what I think I'm supposed to give back away. Mm-hmm. And in Rescue Me, I kind of go through that, please, please God, um, give me what I need when I'm just not getting it. And then at the end of Rescue Me, it's remind me to give it back away. Mm. And also remind me when everything is just fine or as close to fine as it can be, that that gratitude is going to be what keeps me there. I love it. Remind me to be thankful. All right. Well, let's hear a little bit of Rescue Me and we'll talk about where people can hear more of your music. Rescue Me. From my own self-doubt When you want the best of me Comfort me When I feel left out And there's no one close to me Shelter me When the world is cold And I need some place safe to be When I'm crying song. Great job, Michael. It's beautiful. And and I'm wondering, Michael, you know, you're talking about when I'm crying out, rescue me, you are my hope and my strength. Were you writing that to someone in particular, or or were you thinking about your higher power, your wife, or whoever people need to think about at that point? The joy of a song like this, uh, and, Mm -hmm. and when I write a song that might not be so clear as to say, oh, he's clearly speaking of his wife, or oh, he's clearly speaking of, is that it's all of the above. 
It really mm-hmm. is. I, I did write this calling out to my higher power. Unquestionably, that's the focus of, of this and many of my songs. But as mm-hmm. I write them, and especially now as, as we have been focusing this weekend and, and in Compassion to Friends and the wonderful workshops I attended, part of faith for me isn't just faith in that higher power, but faith in, I don't know, that the justice and belief that that Cindy and my father are indeed also out there always and forever and with me always and forever. And so as I call out to my God, my higher power, I also call out to those uh, those forever loved ones. Um, and they're, I know they're there. I know they're there. Uh, they have to be. Or none of it would really make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, the, the song was, was centered on, on my God. Um, but uh, there are all kinds of angelic wings all around us. And, uh, and it makes a difference in every day. And I take great comfort from that. Uh, I, I love that idea because no matter... It, that, that speaks to everybody out there listening. Because even if you're alone right now in your life, you feel like you're alone, like you said, we all have a higher something bigger than ourselves, and we can all tap into the energy of those that we've loved and lost, regardless of our belief system, and we can all tap into our higher power, whatever we believe that to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, rescue me, and now we're thinking about another kind of energy, and I love this next song because there are, you know, a, a lot of um, kind of the sadness that goes along, and sometimes we need that little kick up. And I know uh, your next song is Things Are Looking Up. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and, you know, forming this song? Well, I will, and this one has a different start to it. Um, not the introduction, but it's, uh, it's reason for being. Uh, my beautiful wife, Melinda, and I both so much love getting out into into nature and, uh, and by the way Kentucky National uh, Kentucky State Parks are just unbelievably wonderful I mean having lived all over the country wow Kentucky does their park system right and in the beauty of nature uh, a place where both of us find the ability to be quiet and listen and be grateful and appreciate um, one of the things we did um, my my wife took a picture looking up, and actually in this case it was in, in Asheville on our honeymoon, but uh, lying on her back in the mud <laughs> on a bike ride, mm-hmm. looking up at the sun through the trees. Uh, and that sunlight streaming down through the canopy of the trees above us was just so hopeful and so personally warming. And uh, I, there I was watching her lying there on her back with the camera in the mud and change of perspective, not looking down at her in the mud, but turning and looking what she saw up that beautiful, hopeful rays of sun. And I thought, that's got to be where I am and where I'm going. That's got to be the next song. I love so, it. And, so from Rescue um, Me to let's try, let's hear a piece right. of that. Right, and, 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 and that picture of, of from what perspective she was looking up, literally lying in the mud, um, things really are looking up. All right. And they're looking up at my life, and they're looking up because this, this endless journey through all of uh, all the, of the stages and places and, and accomplishments and failures and successes and certainly the journey through grief, uh, there comes a point where it's okay to realize I am making it. And that things are looking up. Michael, let's hear a little piece of that. So many burdens 
have weighed upon my shoulders So many times I've missed the finish line So many miles on this road have made me weary Looking down I knew I wasted so much time But things are looking up, oh now that I remember The one who took the cup, broke the bread and poured the wine Yes, things are looking up, cause he's always with me Things are looking up, and so am I There was a time when I thought I could be trusted To choose my destiny and make my own way But I was lost and made such foolish choices And looking down I found I had gone astray But things are looking up, oh now that I am trying to let the master potter go ahead and have his way Yes, things are looking up Cause I know that he loves me Things are looking up and so am I uh, What a great, helpful, wonderful song. Thanks. Yeah, and another point yeah, of the song really is, is we don't have to do this alone really don't. And about the time we quit thinking, oh, I have to do it all alone, um, that's a whole other surgence of hope. And, uh, and I know that's what you two are all about, just connecting people to other people and to higher powers and organizations and this incredible network of hope. Absolutely. And things are looking up. Now, I want you to talk a little bit about that great last song that you closed with, The Compassionate Friends, because you said that it kind of moved you to a whole new level with Cindy. Can you talk about it? You really hadn't been involved with The Compassionate Friends, right? No, I had not. I had not even heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to work on that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes, it really did. Uh, I was uh, approached by a co-worker of my wife about uh, possibly singing at the candlelight service here in Frankfurt, uh, you know, right around Christmas time, as they do, as the whole organization does, really. And, and um, the question was, well, can we find appropriate songs for that, um, a room full of primarily bereaved parents? Well, that's a challenge. Uh, and I thought, no, if I'm going to give my best to this, I need to give all of my best to this, I need to write something for it. And I need to explore what it was inside me that, uh, that connects with that whole other room full of people who have experienced such an incredible loss and pain. And so I began to work backward through what I had felt and thinking about Cindy and thinking about my father and thinking about that time and what I've learned and what I haven't learned and how amazing it is to know that there are people out there that really do understand that really do get it, and who open their arms and their houses and, and their lives to others to help them get back up and keep moving. And But don't marginalize it. Don't say, oh, you just have to do these three things and you're fine. No. Oh, I, I like that. Don't marginalize, don't you, Heidi? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great way to and, put and it. If ever there were one thing in, in my life's observation that that is completely false, it would be someone who has not had a 
tremendous loss, and especially in the case of a loss of a child, saying, oh, I know just how you feel. No, mm-hmm. you don't. You just can't. It's just nothing. Yeah. Or, do. Michael, a sibling, right, Heidi? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Michael knows all too well, definitely. Yeah. Truly. And so, to see these people who really can look you in the eye, understand every tear, every shuddered breath, every cry of anguish, and say, yeah, I really do understand. And come here. Stay with me. Talk about what you feel. We'll just sit here and have a cup of coffee if we need to, or we'll talk about it, and you can tell me about your beautiful child or your beautiful sister or your beautiful brother. And I'll listen, because I get it. Right. And, uh, that was amazing. And so I just had to write about it, and it was such a wonderful feeling to know that resources out there for so many other people. And uh, I just wanted to be a part of it, even just a little part of it. And today, you know, with this show and when we archive it on our site, there are going to be thousands of people that will hear it, just, you know, the bereaved people. And I know it will be heard all over, and I, I hope you'll come to a Compassionate Friends National Conference and sing it. And uh, it's it's such a, a great thing. Well, we're going to have to close the show today. And what we wanted to do was, uh, Michael, we wanted to go out with the Compassionate Friends because we um, just think the words are so meaningful that we want to have the whole song out there. We don't want to just uh, cut parts of it. So tell people how they can find you. Well, uh, I do have a web page with a big chunk of my music. It's a, it's a variety of stuff, um, but uh, you'll find it on Indie Music Works. And that's indie like independent, I-N-D-I-E, M-U-S-I-C-W-O-R-K-S dot com slash Michael underline Nunley slash. It sounds like a lot to remember. You can just Google Michael Nunley comma music and Indie Music Works will show up there pretty quickly. And uh, you can t- contact me through that. Um, I can certainly mail out CDs or uh, or uh, just talk to me, send me, drop me a note about what you feel and what you think. I'm always open to... to um, other folks' opinions about my music and would love to just make this continue to grow and be a part of mine and other people's lives. Oh, that's great. Well, um, hello to uh, Melinda. What a delightful wife you have. And and, uh, wonderful this show in memory of Cindy and uh, your dad and and all those people out there who've had family members leave us. uh, The way you've dealt with it with music is a wonderful thing. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Michael. And I just wanted, I just wanted to kind of jump onto what my mom said. And you know, you're really an example, and your music is an example of how we are always changing, becoming, and evolving. We are not stagnant, even in our grief. So thank you. Thank you very much. So thanks for listening to the show today. And uh, it hasn't been great having Michael on. It's so much fun to have seen him and having him on the show. You know, sometimes we haven't ever, you know, seen our guests in person. So it, it's a lot of fun. And his wife, Melinda, is such a delight. Absolutely, Mom. I agree with you. And, you know, there's nothing more healing than music. It brings us to such a deep level. And his music is so powerful. And I love the Compassionate Friends. I don't think there was a dry eye in that entire room after he sang that. It's a beautiful song. Absolutely. So we're going to close the show now, and thanks for listening. And we're going to put on the Compassionate Friends, and uh, hopefully you will listen to us again next week. And also tell all your friends to join us on Facebook, sign up for our newsletter, uh, participate in our forums, and tell people about the uh, Open to Hope because it's there for you. And the people that contribute to us do it for free and for love and for helping out the world. Together we can change the world. I've got memories that I treasure 
Though some of them can drive me to my knees But I think love is never lost forever And it comforts me to hold on to believe But when I hear the echo of a voice I used to know I see the shadow of a loved one I have to close my eyes and try to just let go And it helps to sing this song once in a while Everybody wants to know why And I don't have the answer Everybody needs a good cry Now and then Sometimes you look at the sky Cry out for a reason When you feel like you're at the end And your broken heart just won't mend You can turn to The compassionate There's an empty room upstairs And sometimes I don't think that I'm able To understand why life just isn't fair But there are folks who understand The sorrow that I feel And they know how the healing must begin So I'll close my tired eyes and try to just let go and be thankful for the comfort that they send everybody wants to know why and I don't have the answer Everybody needs a good cry Sometimes you look at the sky and cry out for an answer But when you feel like you're at your end And your broken heart just won't end You can turn to The compassionate Everybody wants to know why I don't have the answer And everybody needs a good cry Now and then Sometimes you look at the sky And cry out for a reason When you feel like you're at your end And your broken heart just won't mend You can turn to The compassionate friend The compassionate friend
尘土。Thank、you.